lo que mi gente como esta como esta we are back here for your que lo que podcast i'm your co-host Alfred garcia and as always i'm here with our always fabulous always on point venesmia fernandez lovely venus como esta que lo que que lo que oh my goodness mira luchame como todo el mundo you know i i it is a daily struggle nowadays, and but I, I got some exciting news. Today's guest, remember I told you that I was participating with Mangu for Biden? Claro, claro. And I got to meet uh, firsthand un dominicano, pero con título, with title. More, um, more than the, the, our previous guest? Yes, more. <laughs> like, not for anything, and, and, and we have to under, you know, we have to surround it and let our people know. Um, for those that are really involved in American politics, because let's face it, Dominicans love baseball and politics. We need to talk about American politics. Uh, this, this, the highest level of um, politics, um, or in just in general, because I'm a Democrat, uh, is the chairman of of the Democrats, like the main guy. Cool. And for those of you that might not know, like he's he's Dominican American. No me diga. So, we, we got the Tom Perez in the house. We got the Tom Perez. I mean, the Tom Perez. So for those of you that don't know, I'm gonna give you a little, like always, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Tomas Perez. He's an attorney and he is the chair of the Democratic National Committee. He was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. New York. Uh, he is first generation, uh, first generation Dominican uh, immigrants because his parents were born in Santo Domingo in Dominican Republic. Mr. Perez is a graduate from Brown University. Harvard. Brown And wait, wait, wait. And John F. Kennedy School of Government. Okay, yeah, like so. he he got he got some he got some stuff. And under the Obama administration, he previously served as the Assistant Attorney General of Civil Rights, as well as the U.S. Secretary of Labor. Um, and, you know, let's face it, he is the first Dominican-American to chair the Democratic National Committee. That's who we have today. So, que lo que? Wow, wow, que lo, lo que? Mr. Mr. Perez, que, que lo que? It's a, it's a great honor. It's a great honor to have you here on the show. We know we are, um, the days to the election is counting down. It's, um, it's arguably um, the most important, not just the most important election of our lifetime, but really kind of a, a generation defining, country defining kind of election. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your journey, right? Your parents, when are they were born? And how do you, you know in terms of do you, your childhood how has your childhood and how and your background how is that and particularly perhaps your your family's political history how did that how is that impact you how did that own personal you know, journey set you on your own personal journey in life? Oh, um, that's a great question. Um, mis padres nacieron en la República Dominicana. Mi, mi papá nació en La Vega oh. y mamá en la capital. Y el cementerio donde están uh, es el cementerio en La Vega, uh, el mismo cementerio que está uh, Juan Bosch. Oh, Juan Bosch. Muy bien. Nice. Sí, el mismo cementerio. Y, um, you know, um, 
mi uh, abuelo, el papá de mi mamá, él fue el uh, uh, diplomat de, en uh, 1920, thereabouts. Wow. Came into power. He was a career diplomat. And uh, after Trujillo came into power, uh, he made my grandfather, uh, this was about 1930, 1931, he made him the ambassador to the United States. So my mother, ella nació en Santo Domingo, pero um, la familia movió a, a Washington, D.C. cuando uh, él tuvo la oportunidad de ser uh, el embajador. Uh -huh. um, it took only a couple years for my grandfather to realize that Trujillo uh, was a thug. And, and for those who may not know the history of Trujillo, uh, Trujillo was trained by the U.S. Marines. And uh, uh, the United States occupied the Dominican yes. Republic from about 1925, thereabouts. And uh, during that period, again, um, uh, Trujillo was trained by the Marines. And, and when Trujillo came to power, there was a real question uh, in the United States, do we recognize him or not? And, and a, a number of people recommended, well, we should we should recognize him and um, and try to work with him. Uh, with hindsight, not the right decision. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and you know, my grandfather had a real moral dilemma uh, because it became very clear to him again, you know, maybe three years into his tenure thereabouts, that Trujillo was a thug. His challenge was he still had family back in DR. Mm -hmm. And so think about it. You know, speak out, you put your family in harm's way. If you don't speak out, you can't live your values. And he ultimately concluded that he had no choice but to speak out. And uh, that's how we came to this country. My, you know, he was the say de Paro non grata. He, the familia de mi mamá, um, uh, movio, movieron, ellos movieron a uh, Washington Heights, which is, you know, we're all good Dominicans. <laughs> which yeah. I was, yeah, thank no, you. Yeah, that's where I grew up. That's where I grew up. If you go to the foot of the George Washington Bridge uh, in uh, Upper Manhattan, you will see George Washington High School. That's where my mom graduated from high school. And uh, they lived in New York. My dad was pretty active as well, and he had to leave because of Trujillo. And that's how we came to the States. And my parents taught me that uh, you should love this country. My, my mother was one of nine, and uh, uh, four out of five brothers served as legal immigrants in the U.S. Army, and they served with great pride because this adopted home, um, you know, gave us opportunity. It was uh, times were tough. But they were so um, appreciative of being free and uh, the ability to live uh, and try to earn a living here. And they wanted to give back to the country. So literally, you know, four of her five siblings, male siblings, um, enlisted in the U.S. Army and served with pride and distinction. And, you know, I'm, I'm frankly, I, I'm very grateful uh, that Donald Trump wasn't the president at that time because people like us, would not have been allowed in yes. because of his immigration policies. We were refugees. That's what happened after uh, we were. My grandfather was declared non grata. Um, you know, when my grandmother died in the 50s, I, I never met her. She died before I was born. This is my father's mother. 
Um, my dad couldn't go back because uh, I'm the youngest of five and uh, three of my brothers, three of my siblings were already born. And they told him, if you go back for your mother's funeral, you will get in to the country, but there's a good chance you won't get out uh, because of who you are. And, uh, and it angered my father uh, for the rest of his life that he couldn't go to his mother's funeral. Ella vivió en La Vega. Ellos están en el mismo cementerio en La Vega. Wow. And that was, uh, you know, my parents taught me uh, that you always give back. Uh, unfortunately, I was 12 years old when my dad passed away. Um, and uh, we settled in Buffalo, New York, uh, because the weather was very similar between D.R. and <laughs> I was waiting for you. Comediante, uh, comediante aquí, you know, who knew? <laughs> I mean, my dad was in the Army. When he got out of the Army, his, his last duty station was Atlanta, Georgia. And then he got an offer to work at the VA hospital in Buffalo, New York. He loved working with veterans. And uh, that was his passion. And so they moved there in the late 50s, and uh, my dad died in 74. And uh, so he lived there for the rest of his life. And uh, Buffalo was great to my family. And uh, especially after my dad passed away, you know, things were, you know, we weren't poor, but uh, thank God for Pell Grants in college. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we, uh, we, you know, we struggled and, you know, worked on the back of a trash truck. I did anything I could to work my way through college. Again, we were not destitute by any stretch. Um, I, and, and we had a community of people who always made me feel like, Uh, I was the richest guy on the earth. Money isn't the measure of uh, your success in life. I, I had a wonderful community of people. Um, that's why I'm a proud Dominican American. Uh, the majority of my family lives in DR, almost all of my father's side. And the majority of my mother's side lives in um, San Domingo, or La Vega, or Santiago. Uh, those are probably the three primary cities. And It's, um, it's, it's always part of who we are. And uh, we love our proud Dominican-American uh, roots. We love what we've done in this country and we love, uh, we love calling. I, I have my, you know, I have my baseball and I have my politics, okay? Those are Here's my baseball from Pedro Martinez, who I got to meet a few times because I'm a Red Sox fan. And I'll show you one more thing, which is here's my here's my big poppy jersey. And if you look really closely there, the floor that's signed by Poppy. Okay? Uh, because we got, <laughs> you got credit, you got credit. Oh, I'm a big fan of both of them, and my son. Uh, I have three children, and he's a big baseball player. And so we've assimilated the culture. My son went down to DR a couple times to play baseball with uh, with the travel team, and And it was a really impactful cultural experience because the baseball wasn't nearly as important as the interaction. And, and um, you know, frankly, seeing abject poverty, mm. uh, I don't want to simply go down there and go to an all-inclusive and put a bracelet on and uh, think that that's normal life. I want them to understand um, all of the wonderful things about the Dominican Republic and all of the challenges that we're confronting in the Dominican And, uh, and, and in that respect, we're no different than, you know, what we are here in the United States. And uh, so I feel very blessed. My parents taught me that to whom 
much is given, much is expected. And I feel very blessed to have had the opportunity to serve Barack Obama and Bill Clinton before that. And, uh, and now in this current job, uh, you know, I, they, they taught me, uh, you know, if you want to get to heaven, you got to have letters of <laughs> reference from me. And uh, uh, again, I must say, your letters are, are very top notch. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem, though, Venus. They didn't tell me how many. <laughs> so. so you're still collecting them. It's okay. Get them all. Get them all. Get as many as you can, just in case. You know, just in case. Tu nunca sabe, as they say. Tu nunca sabe. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, it's, it's it's always my what I love about. Um, our situation is whenever we get to go back, our children really embrace um, their roots. Uh, they're proud of their roots. Uh, when they were in middle school, they always did papers on the Dominican Republic. Um, a couple of my kids did papers on my grandfather uh, because I wanted them to learn more about him. Uh, one I only met once because uh, he, after Trujillo, uh, uh, died, then uh, my grandfather moved back, but he passed away maybe two, three years later. So you know, I was I was basically in diapers when he died. Oh. And uh, and so I didn't get to meet him, but I often wonder, I'd love to have a conversation with him because I got to, I, not once, but twice during the Obama administration, I got to lead the delegation to uh, La República Dominicana for the inauguration of the president. Um, it was... Uh, Danilo um, Medina, it was his first term and his second term, and I got to lead the delegation. And there was a dinner the night before um, in the palace uh, where uh, my grandfather had many meetings, you know, back in the 20s and 30s. And, and I just found myself looking around the room like this, trying to imagine what it must have been like. And, and so it was, it was, uh, what I would describe as way cool. I, I, look, uh, I, I, I'm getting a little starstruck or just emotional just hearing you talk about those experiences and just um, having similar experiences myself because, you know, my children as well as going back and just also understanding um, the impact of our culture to who I am today. Uh, so I really like, uh, and I just can't imagine like, your, you know, let's be clear, your your grandfather's in the history books, like in our books, we got a, you know, many uh, Dominicans that are there, they have to study who your father, your grandfather is. So that just must be uh, an amazing experience for your family, your sons, uh, as well as our culture, because we have to continue to understand the, the diversity of it, as well as how we impacted each other, because sometimes when we learn we don't realize, like when you talked about earlier, Trujillo was was trained by U.S. Marines. You know, those are information that sometimes we don't know, but how we've always, as a community, as a society, has always been intermingled and helped each other or, you know, just gotten information. So it's great to hear. I, I, I'm a little, wow. Uh, I couldn't imagine how you felt. There's a very interesting baseball history, and, uh, and you know, we know some of the story, but I just read a book about uh, Satchel Paige was you know, yeah. one of the remarkable uh, baseball players you know, in Negro Leagues, and, uh, 
You know, and I, I love, again, baseball is a passion of mine. I, I played it, didn't play it very well. I had a deceptive curveball. <laughs> I had a deceptive fastball. <laughs> my, my fastball was deceptive more than you think. And so I didn't last uh, that long. And uh, but I, I, I became a student of the game, and I, and I really enjoy it, and I enjoyed coaching my son. And uh, there was a book about Satchel Paige, and uh, he made a lot of money playing in the Dominican Republic because, you know, the discrimination in the States against African-American uh, baseball players, he didn't, wasn't making that much money. And Trujillo offered him uh, a lot of money to play on, the, on his team in the Dominican League. And, and it's a really interesting book that I would call to people's attention. Uh, and uh, you see a lot of uh, Trujillo's, the pressure they were putting on the teams. You have to win. You, you know, my team has to be the champion. Wow. Uh, and and the, the very, it was a very interesting read. I encourage anyone who loves the intersection of baseball, uh, the Dominican Republic, uh, well, you heard it here first. And it brings up a lot of the, the historical connections that I think that people forget that, that has long existed between the United States and the Dominican Republic, right? Going all the way back to Frederick Douglass being one of the very first you know, ambassadors to the Dominican Republic, um, to even in terms of the relationships that, that, that folks have. Um, it's also, you know, again, it's like, you know, we, we carry with us um, the legacy of our relatives as we create our own new legacy, right? There's, there's something... Um, I think there's something beautiful, right? I think about your children learning about your, you know, your your grandfather in, in DR history books, and I, I gotta I, I gotta believe that somewhere down he's looking upon and he's saying, "Wow, Gondrele, it uh, my you know my grand you know my great grandson my grandson has uh, you know has risen to the ranks you know of, of one of the highest positions, um, arguably one of the highest positions in, in politics, right? In any country's politics, being the chairman you know of a of a national party, but um, you know, I, you know, it, you know. My question to you around that is, you know, it's, you know, it's not easy being a chairman, right? I mean, there's a, I mean, especially the chairman of the Democratic Party, right? I mean, there's a lot of great, um, great things about, um, about progressives and Democrats, um, but there's a lot of work, right, in terms of bringing people together and, and doing things. And um, I'm just curious, you know, like, you know, how has that been um, in terms of organizing and trying to and trying to, um, you know, in terms of the teamwork involved. Um, what have you learned about about that work, right? Especially as it relates to maybe being a lesson around how we bridge our own differences in the nation as a whole. Well, when I ran for the job, we were at a low moment. Uh, we had lost the 2016 election. And uh, to put a slightly finer point on it, in the run-up to the 2016 election, we lost a lot of other elections. In, uh, and so... Uh, we had, I think it was 15 governors when I took over out of 50. Uh, we had lost almost a thousand seats in state legislatures, wow. state senate, state houses. In Florida is a great example. Um, we have a chance to flip one of the chambers uh, in Florida this year, and and that's real progress. But uh, boy, there were some years like 2014 where Republicans had a supermajority, and. Uh, and, and, and Florida is a 50-50 state. We shouldn't have Republican supermajorities in uh, those legislatures. So um, long story short is uh, we had a lot of rebuilding to do. We had to rebuild our infrastructure and rebuild trust. And for those who don't really know what the DNC does, 
I totally get that. And, and what we do is we help Democrats up and down the ticket uh, to win races, whether you're uh, Annette Taleo in Florida running for state senate or whether you are um, uh, Andrew Gillum running uh, for, for governor or Bill Nelson running for senate or someone running for school board. I, I met somebody um, Dominicano in Pennsylvania who was on uh, school board. They have large population, mucho, mucho Latinos, mucho Dominicanos y Boricuas in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, it was, uh, and so our mission is to help everybody win. And the way we do that is by building infrastructure. Uh, we have what's called a voter file. Uh, it's information about voters in each state. Uh, and uh, when that information is really granular, you know, think of think about if you were in a company and you sell a product, you want to know as much as possible about your consumers. So you you gather information uh, about your consumers. You want to know, you know, what does uh, what kind of car does Venus drive? What uh, you know, what tell me other things about her uh, and what she does, and and that enables you. Uh, to build a relationship with that person and sell them that product. Well, in politics, it's a similar thing. We want to know more about you. We want to know what your values are. We want to know what your hopes and dreams and frustrations are. And so um, we build this file on, on voters, and uh, we buy up a lot of stuff. We, we bought up 150 million cell phone numbers so that we could communicate with you. Uh, we buy up um, consumer information so that we can learn more about you. Uh, and, and then we work to build relationships. And so the job of the DNC when I got there was to rebuild that infrastructure, the data and technology infrastructure, to build an organizing infrastructure so that we can have conversations. Um, ideally, you know, in, in many cases, Dominicanos hablando con chando, aprendiendo, um, you know, ¿Qué, ¿Qué necesitamos hacer para uh, mejorar su vida? That's really the fundamental yeah. question. You know, how can we help improve their life? Um, you know, here in the States right now, we have the biggest issue for voters across the country is health care. Hey. Um, uh, you know, Obamacare, um, the state that has the most people enrolled in Obamacare of the 50 states is Florida. Wow. Um, and in particular, Latinos have benefited immensely from Obamacare. Here's why. Latinos were disproportionately among the ranks of the uninsured. And so Obamacare enabled 20 million people who didn't have health insurance to get health insurance. Obamacare is what enables you, if you have a, a, a um, condición preexistente, um, to keep your health insurance. Before Obamacare, they could kick you off. Or, or if you were trying to get it, they could tell you you're not eligible. Obamacare, if you have a 23-year-old uh, son or daughter, uh, is what allows you to keep them on your health plan until they're 26. Um, if any of you have ever known someone who's had a, pre, um, uh, a premature, a child who was born prematurely, um, I know someone whose child was one pound. Oh. One pound. Think about, you know, this baseball you know, it, it might have been that weight, probably a little more than this. It probably weighs a little less than a pound, but you get my point. Uh, one year later, she came home healthy, smiling, uh, making real progress. And the health care costs were about a million six 
Insurance companies can cap your benefits. Now under Obamacare, they can't do that. So you don't have to file bankruptcy in order to save your child's life. I bring this all up because um, what we talk about are the issues that matter most. And, and one of the reasons we were so successful in winning elections over the last three years across the country, one of the main reasons I think we have the U.S. House of Representatives in the majority now is because of health care. You know, when the Republicans were in charge of the Senate and the House, when I was Labor Secretary, I think they, they, I think they had, it was 60 or 70 separate votes to repeal Obamacare. 60 or 70. And then in 2017, they controlled everything. They controlled the White House, they controlled the House, they controlled the Senate. And they tried to get rid of Obamacare. And they failed. And I'll tell you, one of the people responsible for their failure, in addition to Democrats, was a guy named John McCain. It was a very courageous vote that yeah. he took. Uh, because he understood Obamacare uh, a lot. And as someone who had had a lot of health issues uh, in his own life, because he was a prisoner of war who had been tortured, he understood the importance of this. John McCain is very popular in South Florida uh, because he's a, he's a war hero. And this president... You know, um, said John, John McCain's not a hero because he got captured. I don't want my soldiers to get captured. I mean, just a fundamental disrespect for people who served our nation. And by the way, Latinos are disproportionately um, uh, veterans. Uh, we love this country. Uh, not just Dominicanos like my dad. My dad served, my dad served with pride in the U.S. Army. You know, legal immigrants, by the way, have been serving in the armed forces since the Revolutionary War. Wow. That's the contributions that immigrants have made. And so um, the work we've been doing uh, is to build that infrastructure, but also not just build infrastructure, build trust. And the way you build trust is you build relationships. You listen to people. What's on your mind? What can we do to improve your lives? Um, and the answer to that question right now is we got to fix the coronavirus. we got to fix it. The economy, the economy's been in collapse. Um, we've got we've got people dying, and it's disproportionately African American, Latino, and Native Americans. Um, and we frankly have a president who doesn't have a plan. You know, masks. Um, the head of the Centers for Disease Control said if people would put a mask on, we could save about a hundred thousand lives over the next. Um, over a 100-day period, 100,000 lives. Now, that's kind of like asking someone to put a seatbelt on. Yeah, you know, it might be a little uncomfortable to put a seatbelt on. And putting a seatbelt on doesn't save every life. But what we know about a seatbelt is that the use of seatbelts and the compulsory seatbelt laws across the country have saved hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, a small imposition can go a long way. And those families who have a loved one because they had the seatbelt on and they survived, uh, they can tell you yeah. firsthand. And yeah. So uh, that long way of the slightly long way of saying what we do as a party is we we're we're building those relationships and and your elected officials their job is to serve you and improve your life, not to feather their own nest. And what I love about being a Democrat is the Democratic Party is about fighting for the little guy. And I, I use guy in a gender neutral term. Don't worry, uh, no te preocupes, no te preocupes, don't worry. We, we all get it, understand. we get it, we get it. 
No, it's, it's true. It's true. It's about you know making sure you know it's about making sure that people in the shadows can uh, get that opportunity. No, and 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 you know that's that's. The, yeah, and, and that's, uh, I think, you know, I think that's always the challenge. Um, that's a challenge for always for Democrats. I think that's the challenge of America, right, is, is um, you know, is, is working through um, and really, you know, it's one thing to, it's, you know, it's one thing to say you appreciate diversity. It's another thing to actually honor it with values, right, and, and honor people's lives and stuff. And so I think we're seeing the parties, um, you know, both parties, but we're certainly, certainly seeing the Democrats trying, being held to that standard um, and coming through it in a lot of places, right, and saying that, we want the opportunity to, to honor, um, to honor not only the, you know people's current lives, but also honor their family legacies, honor the the, the hard work that they um, that they've put into building um, this country, and and wanting the opportunity to continue to do so. So, and I think that that's I think we're seeing a lot of that um, you know coming into to real focus in terms of this election. Um, one of the things I think that's in, you know that that's really interesting too is that you see you've seen in the last. In the last uh, certainly last couple of weeks here in, in Florida, I think you've seen it here when you've been your time here has been um, Dominicanos really really mobilizing, right? Um, yes. Really kind of mobilizing um, for your candidate for the Biden Harris ticket, but just in general, just mobilizing politically. Um, and so I'm just I'm just curious, you know, coming coming from the north, you know, coming in and seeing that, what's been your you know what's been your reaction to kind of seeing um, not, you know, the, the Dominicanos, you know, the, the Mangu for Biden and, and the parades and the different ways that people are trying to organize, especially through a pandemic. I have mucho entusiasmo con Dominicanos for Biden and Harris. Y hay más o menos ciento veinte mil Dominicanos en Florida que son elegibles votar. Um, Hillary Clinton perdió por más o menos cien uh, mil uh, votos. El voto dominicano puede ser la diferencia en Florida, uh, pero hay, hay dominicanos que son elegibles a votar, pero en, el, en la elección pasada um, no votaron. Um, eh, eh, no, no puede ocurrir. Hay, hay muchos soñadores en los Estados Unidos y, y algunos son dominicanos. Y los soñadores no pueden votar este noviembre, pero los soñadores están en la boleta. El Corte Suprema dijo claramente el junio pasado que um, la um, administración de Trump o cualquier presidente tiene el derecho de eliminar la programa de los soñadores, pero tiene que um, uh, estar apropiada y Donald Trump sí. uh, no usó la procesa apropiada. Entonces, la victoria uh, era muy importante, pero um, temporal. Entonces, si conoce a una soñadora o soñador, Um, es, es muy importante comprender que um, ellos están en la boleta. Si conoce a una persona que tiene una condición preexistente, es muy importante uh, comprender que um, el, uh, el cuidado de salud está en la boleta. Trump sí. quiere eliminar 
uh, Obamacare. Punto. Eh, el, tres, eh, eh, el seguro de salud está en la boleta el 3 de noviembre y está en el uh, Corte Suprema el 10 de noviembre. Una semana después. Y um, es, es sumamente importante uh, que nosotros entendemos eso. Uh, Joe Biden tiene un plan muy concreto y completo um, para asegurar que podemos mantener y mejorar nuestra cobertura. Uh, él va a, a, a proteger Obamacare y mejorar Obamacare. Él, él va a asegurar que personas con condiciones preexistentes pueden mantener su cobertura. Él puede proteger el, el, el primer día a uh, los soñadores. Mm -hmm. uh, al um, Congreso uh, una propuesta envolviendo reforma migratoria, reforma comprensiva, reforma que uh, va a dar oportunidades para los 11 millones de personas que no tienen papeles aquí. Um, Joe Biden tiene respeto para nuestra comunidad. So I know our time is, is, is winding down here on the show, but we couldn't let you leave. We couldn't let you leave with what the most, somehow, somehow the most important part of our show, which is always our our queen of the show here, Vanessa, always leads us through our tres golpes section. Venus, why don't you take it away? Uh, before I start, uh, Chairman Perez, I just want to ask you. Tutalito. Tutalito. Estas son las preguntas que la gente quiere saber. Okay. La tres mira, ya está, porque soy famosa, ya yo te dije, soy famosa. So, uno, dos, tres, golpe, bachate o merengue. O merengue. Totone o maduro. Oh, Maduro, para mí. Okay. Me, me, me. Got a little sweet tooth. <laughs> no, he can't change it. He can't change it. And the last one. The last one. Yo comí Maduro y Tostones cuando... Sí. Siempre político, siempre político. He's got a bad idea. Tostones vote or the Maduro vote. You know, you got to play both ways. He don't want to lose nobody. He don't want to lose nobody. Okay. And, and and the biggest question, the hardest question, Presidente o Brugal? Presidente. Me, me gusta, prefiero cerveza. Man of the people, man of the people. Yeah, man, man of the people. Pero yo prefiero Presidente. Well, I must say with you little... Y por eso, no puedo comprar Presidente aquí en Maryland. Sí, sí. Sí, un kilómetro de mi casa. Yo puedo comprar presidente. Oh, okay, ya lo dijo. So we're all invited to have presidente. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> away. No, but um, well, we shouldn't be surprised that you chose presidente because, you know, with your uh, baseball uh, in your blood, you know, Alex Rodriguez is now the, um, the president of presidente. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But, Yep. I love it. Pedro Guerrero used to. All oh right. It was an honor to be with you. Un placer, un gran honor. 
y uh, por favor vota yes. nuestros números son nuestros y nuestra voz before we let you go, I just want to say also, um, Chairman, if there's one, aside from voting, aside from, if there's one thing that you want to leave people um, with, you know, in terms of entering in, what's the one thing that you want to, um, you want people to know um, about you, about the party, about this moment in time? Well, we are the party of we. If people ask me what's the difference between uh, us and the other side right now, uh, I really think Democrats are the party of we. We all succeed only when we all succeed. Uh, we all succeed when everyone has an opportunity. They're the party of me. Donald Trump's fighting for people like himself at the expense of everyone else. That's not right. And that's why I'm proud to be a Democrat. And that's why I hope people will vote for Joe Biden. There you go, folks. So you've heard it there, and and, and as we said, thanks a lot, Chairman, for for spending time with us. Um, I know you, you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a sprint towards the end, and we appreciate you being here. And um, and to our fans and listeners, like you say, you know, like the Chairman says, in terms of you don't know how to vote, make a plan. Um, we'll put the we'll put the links in terms of our website and our and our social media pages. Um, and again, a pleasure to have you here. We hope to have you on in the in the new year. And as we always say in 